Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse to the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lesson that I sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern. And today we are continuing our reading of Chapter 27, The Body and the Dream, with Section 8, The Illusion of Suffering. We're also mindful of our lesson today. Lesson 293. All fear is past. Only love is here. And by way of opening this morning, I have just a tiny little piece from Ruby about the meaning of love. It goes like this. Love means to step away from the ego, to open the eyes of inner vision, and not to take this world so seriously. (laughs) All fear is gone, only love is here. Very good. Use that. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Okay, here's our... You bet. It's a nice idea to sit with today. Yeah. So thanks, you guys. Here's our reading list today. We have, um, let's see, I think Lemoyne is back. I'm not sure. Uh, Lemoyne, Fran, Rita, Robin Marie, Jessica, Karen, Donna, and Micah. And we're joined in listening this morning by Diana and Ida and Roz. Is there anyone else that has joined us? that I missed. Uh, So far not. Okay, so let's begin again. Today in Chapter 27, The Body and the Dream, with Section 8, The Illusion of Suffering. Paragraph 62. Suffering is an emphasis upon all the world has done to injure you. Here's the world's demented version of salvation clearly shown. Like to a dream of punishment, in which the dreamer is unconscious of what brought on the attack against himself, he sees himself attacked unjustly, and by something not himself. He is the victim of this, quote-unquote, something else, a thing outside himself for which he has no reason to be held responsible. He must be innocent because he knows not what he does, but what is done to him. Yet is his own attack upon himself apparent still, for it is he who bears the suffering, and he cannot escape because its source is seen outside himself. Um, Lemoyne? Okay. Oh, there you are. Okay. 
Okay, chapter 27, The Body and the Dream, section 8, The Illusion of Suffering. Suffering is an emphasis upon all that the world has done to injure you. Here is the world's demented version of salvation, clearly shown. Like to a dream of punishment in which the dreamer is unconscious of what brought on the attack against himself, he sees himself attacked unjustly and by something not himself. He is the victim of this, quote, something else, a thing outside himself for which he has no reason to be held responsible. He must be innocent because he knows not what he does, but what is done to him. Yet is his own attack upon himself apparent still, for it is he who bears the suffering. And he cannot escape because its source is seen outside himself. Now you are being shown you can escape. All that is needed is you look upon the problem as it is and not the way you have set it up. How could there be another way to solve a problem which is very simple but has been obscured by heavy clouds of complication, which were made to keep the problem unresolved? Without the clouds, the problem will emerge in all its primitive simplicity. The choice will not be difficult because the problem is absurd when clearly seen. No one has difficulty making up his mind to let a simple problem be resolved if it is seen as hurting him and also very easily removed. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 63. Now you are being shown you can escape. All that is needed is you look upon the problem as it is, and not the way that you have set it up. How could there be another way to solve a problem which is very simple, but has been obscured by heavy clouds of complication, which were made to keep the problem unresolved? Without the clouds, the problem will emerge in all its primitive simplicity. The choice will not be difficult because the problem is absurd when clearly seen. No one has difficulty making up his mind to let a simple problem be resolved if it is seen as hurting him and also very easily removed. 64. <clears throat> the quote-unquote reasoning by which the world is made, on which it rests, by which it is maintained, is simply this, quote, you are the cause of what I do. Your presence justifies my wrath, and you exist and think apart from me. While you attack, I must be innocent, and what I suffer from is your attack. Unquote. No one who looks upon this quote-unquote reasoning exactly as it is could fail to see it does not follow, and it makes no sense. Yet it seems sensible because it looks as if the world were hurting you. And so it seems as if there is no need to go beyond the obvious in terms of cause. 
Thank you, Fran. And Reverend Risha. Thank you. 64, the so-called reasoning, quote-unquote reasoning, by which the world is made, on which it rests, by which it is maintained, is simply this. Quote, you are the cause of what I do. Your presence justifies my wrath, and you exist and think apart from me. While you attack, I must be innocent, and what I suffer from is your attack. Unquote. No one who looks upon this so-called reasoning exactly as it is could fail to see it does not follow, and it makes no sense. Yet it seems sensible because it looks as if the world were hurting you, and so it seems as if there is no need to go beyond the obvious in terms of cause. 65. There is indeed a need. <clears throat> Hold on. Sorry, <laughs> Reverend Kobe's barking. Uh, 65. There is a need. <clears throat> oh. Indeed, the world's escape from condemnation is a need which those within the world are joining, joined in sharing. Yet they do not recognize their common need. For each one thinks that if he does his part, the condemnation of the world will rest on him. And it is this that he perceives to be his part in its deliverance. Vengeance must have a focus. Otherwise, is the avenger's knife in his own hand and pointed to himself. And he must see it in another's hand if he would be a victim of it. He did not choose. And thus... He suffers from the wounds a knife he does not hold has made upon himself. This is the purpose of the world he sees. And looked at thus, the world provides the means by which this purpose seems to be fulfilled. Thank you, Reverend Raja and Robin Marie. Sixty-five, there is indeed a need. The world's escape from condemnation is a need which those within the world are joined in sharing. Yet they do not recognize their common need. For each one thinks that if he does his part, the condemnation of the world will rest on him. And it is this that he perceives to be his part in its deliverance. Vengeance must have a focus. Otherwise is the avenger's knife in his own hand and pointed to himself. And he must see it in another's hand if he would be a victim of attack he did not choose. And thus he suffers from the wounds and knife he does not hold as made upon himself. This is the purpose of the world he sees. And looking at that, the world provides the means by which this purpose seems to be fulfilled. 66. The means <clears throat> attest the purpose, but not themselves a cause, but are not. The means attest the purpose, but are not themselves a cause, nor will the cause be changed by seeing it apart from its effects. The cause produces the effects which then bear witness to the cause and not themselves. Look then beyond effects. It is not here 
the cause of suffering and sin must lie. And dwell not on the suffering and sin, for they are but reflections of their cause. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Jessica. Sixty-six. <clears throat> the means attest the purpose, but are not themselves a cause. Nor will the cause be changed by seeing it apart from its effects. The cause produces the effects, which then bear witness to the cause and not themselves. Look then beyond effects. It is not here the cause of suffering and sin must lie. And dwell not on the suffering and sin, for they are but reflections of their cause. The part you play in salvaging the world from condemnation is your own escape. Forget not that the witness to the world of evil cannot speak except for what has seen a need for evil in the world. And this is where your guilt was first beheld. In separation from your brother was the first attack upon yourself begun. And it is this the world bears witness to. Seek not another cause, nor look among the mighty legions of its witnesses for its undoing. They support its claim on your allegiance. What conceals the truth is not where you should look to find the truth. The witnesses to sin all stand within one little space. And it is here you find the cause of your perspective on the world. Thank you, Jessica. And Karen. 57. The part you play in salvaging the world from condemnation is your own escape. Forget not, the witnesses to the world of evil cannot speak except for what has seen a need for evil in the world. And this is where your guilt was first beheld. In separation from your brother was the first attack upon yourself begun. And it is this the world bears witness to. Seek not another cause, nor look among the mighty legions of its witnesses for its undoing. They support its claim on your allegiance. What conceals the truth is not where you should look to find the truth. The witnesses to sin stand within one little space. The witnesses to sin all stand within one little space. And it is here you find the cause of your perspective on the world. 67 or 68 rather. Once you were unaware of what the cause of everything the world appeared to thrust upon you, uninvited and unasked, must really be. Of one thing you were sure, of all the many causes you perceived as bringing pain and suffering to you, 
your guilt was not among them, nor did you in any way request them for yourself. This is how all illusions come about. The one who makes them does not see himself as making them, and their reality does not depend on him. Whatever cause they have is something quite apart from him, and what he sees is separate from his mind. He cannot doubt his dream's reality because he does not see the part he plays in making them and making them seem real. Thank you, Karen. And Donna. 68. Once you were unaware of what the cause of everything the world... Once you were unaware of what the cause of everything the world appeared to thrust upon you, uninvited and unasked, must really be. Of one thing you were sure. Of all the many causes you perceived as bringing pain and suffering to you, your guilt was not among them, nor did you in any way request, request them for yourself. This is how all illusions came about. The one who makes them does not see the the one who makes them does not see himself as making them and their reality does not depend on him. Whatever cause they have is something quite apart from him and what he sees is separate from his mind. He cannot doubt his dreams reality because he does not see the part he plays in making them and making them seem real. 69. No one can waken from a dream. The world is dreaming for him. He becomes a part of someone else's dream. He cannot choose to waken from a dream he did not make. Helpless he stands a victim to a dream conceived and cherished by a separate mind, careless indeed of him, his, this mind must be, as, the thought, as thoughtless of his peace and happiness as is the weather or the time of day. It loves him not, but cast him as it will in any role that satisfies its dream. So little is his worth that he is but a dancing shadow leaping up and down according to the senseless plot conceived within the idle dreaming of the world. Thank you, Donna. And Micah. Okay. Um, my numbers are wrong. So let's see. Um, I don't know. Uh, Begins, no one can waken. Oh, okay. <clears throat> no one can waken from a dream the world is dreaming for him. He becomes a part of someone else's dream. 
He cannot choose to waken from a dream he did not make. Helpless, he stands a victim to a dream conceived and cherished by a separate mind. Careless indeed of him, this mind must be as thoughtless as thoughtless of his peace and happiness as is the weather or the time of day. It loves him not, but casts him as it will in any role that satisfies its dream. So little is his worth that he is but a dancing shadow leaping up and down according to a senseless plot conceived within the idle dreaming of the world. Uh, 70, I think. Uh, This is the only picture you can see, the one alternative that you can choose. The other possibility of cause if you be not the dreamer of your dreams. And this is what you choose if you deny the cause of suffering is in your mind. Be glad indeed it is. For thus are you the one decider of your destiny in time. The choice is yours to make between a sleeping death and dreams of evil or a happy awakening and joy of life. What could you choose between but life or death, waking or sleeping, peace or war, your dreams or your reality? Yet, if the choice is really given you, then you must see the causes of the things you choose between exactly as they are and where they are. What choices can be made between two states, but one of which is clearly recognized? Who could be free to choose between effects when only one is seen as up to him? Thank you, Micah. And is there a new reader then for 70 and 71? We're in section 8 of chapter 27, 70 and 71. Okay, Lemoyne, back to you. All right, there we go. All right, back up one sentence. So little is his worth that he is but a dancing shadow, leaping up and down according to a senseless plot conceived within the idle dreaming of the world. This is the only picture you can see, the one alternative that you can choose, the other possibility of cause if you be not the dreamer of your dreams. And this is what you choose if you deny the cause of suffering is in your mind. Be glad indeed it is, for thus are you the one decider of your destiny and time. The choice is yours to make between a sleeping death and dreams of evil or a happy awakening and joy of life. What could you choose between but life or death, waking or sleeping, peace or war, your dreams or your reality? 
Yet if the choice is really given you, then you must see the causes of the things you choose between exactly as they are and where they are. What choices can be made between two states, but one of which is clearly recognized? Who could be free to choose between effects when only one is seen as up to him? An honest choice could never be perceived as one in which the choice is split between a tiny you and an enormous world with different dreams about the truth in you. The gap between reality and dreams lies not between the dreaming of the world and what you dream in secret. They are one. The dreaming of the world is but a part of your own dream you gave away and saw as if it were its start and ending both. Yet was it started by your secret dream, which you do not perceive, although it caused the part you see and do not doubt is real? How could you doubt it while you lie asleep and dream in secret that its cause is real? Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 71. An honest choice could never be perceived as one in which the choice is split between a tiny you and an enormous world with different dreams about the truth in you. The gap between reality and dreams lies not between the dreaming of the world and what you dream in secret. They are one. The dreaming of the world is but a part of your own dream you gave away and saw as if it were its start and ending both. Yet was it started by your secret dream which you did not perceive, although it caused the part you see and do not doubt it real is real? How could you doubt it while you lie asleep and dream in secret that its cause is real? 72. A brother separated from yourself, an ancient enemy, a murderer who stalks you in the night and plots your death, yet plans that it be lingering and slow. Of this you dream. Yet underneath this dream is yet another in which you become the murderer, the secret enemy, the scavenger and the destroyer of the brother and the world alike. Here is the cause of suffering the space between your dreams and your reality. The little gap you do not even see, the birthplace of illusions and of fear, the time of terror and of ancient hate, the instant of disaster, all are here. Here is the cause of unreality. And it is here that it will be undone. Thank you, Fran. And Reverend mm -hmm. Okay, thank you, 72. A brother separated from yourself, an ancient enemy, a murderer who stalks you in the night and plots your death, <clears throat> yet plans that it be lingering and slow. Of this you dream. Yet underneath this dream is yet another in which you become the murderer, the secret enemy, the scavenger, and the destroyer of your brother and the world alike. Here is the cause of suffering, the space between your dreams and your reality. 
the little gap you do not see, you do not even see, the birthplace of illusions and of fear, the time of terror and of ancient hate, the instant of disaster, all are here. Here is the cause of unreality, and it is here that it will be undone. 73, or whatever number you have. <laughs> you are the dreamer of the world of dreams. No other cause it has, nor ever will. Nothing more fearful than an idle dream has terrified God's son, made him think that he has lost his innocence, denied his father, and made war upon himself. So fearful is the dream, so seeming real, he could not waken to reality without the sweat of terror and a scream of mortal fear unless a gentler dream preceded his awakening and allowed his calmer mind to welcome, not to fear, the voice that calls with love to waken him. A gentler dream in which his suffering was healed and where his brother was his friend. God willed he waken gently and with joy, and gave him means to awaken without fear. Accept the dream he gave instead of yours. It is not difficult to change a dream when once the dreamer has been recognized. Thank you, Reverend Rachel and Robin Marie. You are the dreamer of the world of dreams. No other cause it has, nor ever will. Nothing more fearful than an idle dream has terrified God's son and made him think that he has lost his innocence, denied his father, and made war upon himself. So fearful is the dream, so seeming real, he could not waken to reality without the sweat of terror and a scream of mortal fear, unless a gentler dream preceded, preceded his awaking and allowed his calmer mind to welcome, not to fear, the voice that calls with love to waken him. A gentler dream in which his suffering was healed and where his brother was his friend. God willed he waken gently and with joy and gave him means to waken without fear. Accept the dream he gave instead of yours. It is not difficult to shift a dream when once the dreamer has been recognized. Rest in the Holy Spirit and allow his gentle dreams to take the place of those you dreamed in terror and in fear of death. He brings forgiving dreams in which the choice is not who is the murderer and who shall be the victim. In the dreams he brings, there is no murder and there is no death. The dream of guilt is fading from your sight, although your eyes are closed. A smile has come to lighten up your sleeping face the sleep is peaceful now, for these are happy dreams. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Jessica. Hey, Flory. 
Rest in the Holy Spirit and allow his gentle dreams to take the place of those you dreamed in terror and in fear of death. He brings forgiving dreams in which the choice is not who is the murderer and who shall be the victim. In the dreams he brings, there is no murder and there is no death. The dream of guilt is fading from your sight, although your eyes are closed. A smile has come to lighten up your sleeping face. The sleep is peaceful now, for these are happy dreams. 75. Dream softly of your sinless brother who unites with you in holy innocence. And from this dream, the Lord of heaven will himself awaken his beloved son. Dream of your brother's kindnesses instead of dwelling in your dreams on his mistakes. Select his thoughtfulness to dream about instead of counting up the hurts he gave. Forgive him his illusions and give thanks to him for all the helpfulness he gave. And do not brush aside his many gifts because he is not perfect in your dreams. Thank you, Jessica. And Karen. 75. Dream softly of your sinless brother who unites with you in holy innocence. And from this dream, the Lord of heaven will himself awaken his beloved son. Dream of your brother's kindnesses instead of dwelling in your dreams on his mistakes. Select his thoughtfulness to dream about instead of counting up the hurts he gave. Forgive him his illusions and give thanks to him for all the helpfulness he gave. And do not brush aside his many gifts, because he is not perfect in your dreams. 76. He represents his father, whom you see as offering both life and death to you. Brother, he gives but life. Yet what you see as gifts your brother offers represents the gifts you dream your father gives to you. Let all your brother's gifts be seen in light of charity and kindness offered you. And let no pain disturb your dream of deep appreciation for his gifts to you. Thank you, Karen. And Donna. Seventy-five. Dream softly of your sinless brother who unites with you in holy innocence. And from this dream, the Lord of heaven will himself awaken his beloved son. Dream of your brother's kindnesses instead of dwelling in your dreams on his mistakes. Select his thoughtfulness to dream about instead of counting up the hurts he gave. Forgive him his illusions and give thanks to him for all the helpfulness he gave. And do not brush aside his many gifts because he is not perfect in your dreams. 
76. He represents his father, whom you see as offering both life and death to you. Brother, he gives but life, yet what you see as gifts your brother others yet what you see as gifts your brother offers represent the gifts you dream your father gives to you let all your brother's gifts be seen in light of charity and kindness offered to you and let no pain disturb your dream of deep appreciation for his gifts to you Thank you, Donna. And Micah, if you'd like to finish with that last paragraph, please. Okay. Um, 76. Uh, He represents his father, whom you see as offering both life and death to you. Brother, he gives but life. Yet what you see as gifts your brother offers represent the gifts your dream... I'll read that again. Yet what you see as gifts your brother offers represents the gifts you dream your father gives to you. Let all your brother's gifts be seen in light of charity and kindness offered you, and let no pain disturb your dream of deep appreciation for his gifts to you. Thank you, Micah, and thank you, everyone who read this morning. And it will be a great pleasure for me to just highlight some ideas in this section on the illusion of suffering from that first paragraph. Suffering is an emphasis upon all the world has done to injure you, like to a dream of death, dream of punishment in which the dreamer is unconscious of what brought on the attack against himself, he sees himself attacked unjustly and by something not himself. And he cannot escape because the source is seen outside himself. In 68, now you are being shown you can escape. And all that is needed is you to look upon the problem as it is and not the way you've set it up. No one has difficulty making up his mind to let a simple problem be resolved if it is seen as hurting him and also very easily removed. From 65, the world's escape from condemnation is a need which those within the world are joined in sharing. Skipping down to paragraph 68, this is how all illusions come about. The one who makes them does not see himself as making them, and their reality does not depend on him. Whatever cause they have is something quite apart from him, and what he sees is separate from his mind. He cannot doubt his dream's reality because he does not see the part he plays in making them, and making them seem real. 69. Helpless he stands, a victim to a dream conceived and cherished by a separate mind. Careless indeed of him this mind must be, as thoughtless of his peace and happiness as is the weather or the time of day. It loves him not, but casts him as it will in any role that satisfies its dream 
So little is his worth that he is but a dancing shadow, leaping up and down according to a senseless plot, conceived within the idle dreaming of the world. In paragraph 70, this is the only picture you can see, the one alternative that you can choose. The other possibility of cause if you be not the dreamer of your dreams. And this is what you choose if you deny the cause of suffering is in your mind. The choice is yours to make between a sleeping death and dreams of evil or a happy awakening and joy of life. In paragraph 72, the little gap you do not even see, the birthplace of illusions, of fear, the time of terror, and of ancient hate, the instant of disaster, all are here. Here is the cause of unreality, and it is here that it will be undone in separation. 73, you are the dreamer of the world of dreams. No other cause it has, nor ever will, nothing more fearful than an idle dream has terrified God's son and made him think he has lost his innocence, denied his father and made war upon himself. God will, he wakened gently in joy and gave him means to waken without fear. Accept the dream the Holy Spirit gives instead of yours. It is not difficult to shift a dream when once the dreamer has been recognized. Rest in the Holy Spirit and allow his gentle dreams to take the place of those you dreamed in terror and in fear of death. In 75, dream softly of your sinless brother who unites with you in holy innocence. And do not brush aside his many gifts because he is not perfect in your dreams. He represents his father and whom you see as offering both life and death to you Brother, he gives but life. Let all your brother's gifts be seen in light of charity and kindness offered to you, and let no pain disturb your dream of deep appreciation for his gifts to you. And there we are, right at the top of the hour, where we can underscore this entire reading with Lesson 293, All Fear is Gone, Only Love is Here. Um, accept our f thanks, friend as you lead us once again in a reflection to talk the hour. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks for that summary. I always love your summaries. They're always so good. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on now is what is the real world? And the lesson for today, lesson 293, all fear is past, and only love is here. <clears throat> I shall read some from What is the Real World? The real world is a symbol, like the rest of what perception offers. Yet it stands for what is opposite to what you made. Your world is seen through eyes of fear and brings the witnesses of terror to your mind. <clears throat> Excuse me. The real world holds a counterpart for each unhappy thought reflected in your world. What need has such a mind for thoughts of death, attack, and murder? <clears throat> what can it perceive surrounding it but safety, love, and joy? 
What is there it would choose to be condemned? And what is there that it would judge against? The world it sees arises from a mind at peace within itself. No danger lurks in anything it sees, for it is kind and only kindness does it look upon. The real world is the symbol that the dream of sin and guilt is over, <coughs> excuse me, and God's son no longer sleeps. The real world signifies the end of time, for its perception makes time purposeless. As we look upon a world forgiven, it is he who calls to us and comes to take us home, reminding us of our identity, which our forgiveness has restored to us. Now we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 293. All fear is past and only love is here. All fear is past because its source is gone and all its thoughts gone with it. Love remains the only present state whose source is here forever and forever. Can the world seem bright and clear and safe and welcoming with all my past mistakes oppressing it and showing me distorted forms of pain? Yet in the present, love is obvious and its effects apparent. All the world shines in reflection of its holy light and I perceive a world forgiven at last. Father, let not your holy world escape my sight today nor let my ears be deaf to all the hymns of gratitude the world is singing underneath the sounds of fear. There is a real world which the present holds safe from all past mistakes and I would see only this world before my eyes today. Take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 293, all fear is past and only love is here. There is a real world which the present holds safe from all past mistakes and I would see only this world before my eyes today. Lesson 293, all fear is past and only love is here. Amen. Amen. Oh, that was so beautiful, friend. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Thanks, guys.
uh, this is Robin Regia Joy. Uh, you, you know, Lori, you said in uh, just before we did the lesson how connected they are, and it's so true uh, because it's, oh wow, all fear is past because the source is gone and all thoughts gone with it. Love remains the only present state. And the thing is, in the reading. Uh, it's really cool today because I think it describes how I see the world often and how I feel at the effect of something outside of me. It just goes with the territory. (laughs) And uh, when I wake up from that, it is a it is a dream. It's a dream of separation. And what's so beautiful in this reading is that in 71, it really hit me when, when I saw that. It said, now, the thing is, there's reality and then there's dreams, right? <laughs> and he said, the gap between realities and dreams lies not between the dreaming of the world and what you dream in secret. They are one. So there's reality and dreams. And he goes on. The dreaming of the world is but a part of your own dream. You gave away and saw as if it were its starting and ending both. Yet was it started by your secret dream, which you do not perceive although it caused the part you see and do not doubt is real. My secret dream caused the part I see. So my secret dream of separation caused this dream of separation. There's no, mm, they're all one. It's just a dream. And I'm at this, I'm really at the center of it because no other, he says you are the dreamer of the world of dreams. No other cause it has, nor ever will. Wow. And nothing more fearful than an idle dream is terrified. God's son. And made him think he has lost his innocence. So when fear has gone, there's only love. And there's only, um, he talks about that gap between reality and dreams. But there's only love. Love is the only reality. And so in the present moment, any present moment, all present moments, and the only time there is, I can return to love, the reality of who I am and who my brother is. And, and that's, that's so incredible. I love this, this section. Um, it's not doing it to me. So, so much of what I suffer from is thinking that something's doing something to me. And that's not the reality. The other thought, before I finish, the other thought is that it's a perspective, of course. It's a perspective. And uh, when I move above the battleground, like in Bhagavad Gita, when I move above the battleground, I see it from a different perspective. 
And that perspective is from eternity, is from infinity, is from immortality, it's from that which will never go, never change, never die. And what could I not forgive? What, what could I not see, to, you know, see with, with the eyes of love that my brother does? Because God is inevitable. God is the end and the beginning. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Forgiveness is the key. And for me, forgiveness is seeing what is true. Anyway, thank you. I'm so glad. And I want to tell you that you guys, I think we've chosen to, to read The Course of Miracles because the, our souls are saying, yo, this is, this, is, this is helping you remember. Remember. Because you, you know, your soul knows. And that's why you came here. And as you remember, you give blessing. You are blessed and you give blessing. Thanks. I'm, I'm complete, y'all. Thanks. <laughs> oh, that was just splendid. Thank you, Ramrija. Yeah. Thank you, Ramrija. So nice to hear your voice. Yeah, really good. Yeah, that was great. Thank you. This is Micah. Um, I see a connection here in the lesson, or I felt one. And um, in the prayer where, Father, let your holy world, let not your holy world escape my sight today. And then the hymns of gratitude, the world is singing. And... um, There is a real world which the present holds, safe from all mistakes. And it ties in with, um, let's see here, where it's talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, Well, maybe it's it's God. He says, you know, God willed he waken gently and with joy and gave him means to waken without fear. Accept the dream he gave instead of yours. I, I thought it was probably Holy Spirit, but they're all the same. He gave, okay, accept the dream he gave instead of yours. It is not difficult to shift a dream when once the dreamer has been recognized. Rest in the Holy Spirit and allow his gentle dreams to take the place of those you dreamed in terror and fear of death. And it's like we're not even dreaming alone anymore. And there was another, uh, reminded me of this other passage where um, it says, Christ has dreamed the dream of a forgiven world. It is his gift whereby a sweet transition can be made from death to life, from hopelessness to hope. Let us an instant dream with him. His dream awakens us to truth. His vision gives the means for a return to our unlost and everlasting sanctity in God. 
I think this is an amazing section about the dream and that we're the dreamer of the dream. And I, and I, I enjoyed it when I realized it's going on right now. I'm dreaming this, this scene right now. And um, it's when, when Spirit was teaching me that, this is, that I am the dreamer of this dream, it, it, uh, we started with the dreams at night and looking at those dreams and how, it, how the mind could create a very detailed world, a world of um, things like laws, like laws of gravity and, and, and propulsion. And everything follows these laws precisely, and the mind is creating a world on the fly with astounding detail. And, um, and this lasted for this period of intense looking at, at the, the world as a dream and my dreams at night lasted for a few weeks. And, um, and it culminated with, uh, you know, looking at the world for hours and just being told you're dreaming every blade of grass blowing in the wind, the flapping of the flag, the tires of every car turning on the road, and um, every step people are making. I'd, I'd take my patrol vehicle out where I could watch as many, the most number of people and and watch a scene a large scene and and it it, it wasn't in, until something embraced its power to dream a world and it, we resist our power we're afraid of it and um but it was it wasn't until something finally acquiesced and and the agreed that there were a lot of things that didn't make sense like how how is it that our dreams are touching you know, how is it that you know i'm dreaming a world yet there's other people and and you know other lives that go on and on and, and um but it wasn't until something accepted that we're dreaming this world right now that the awareness uh, propelled out of um, body identification and shot into this one mind. And uh, it's a unified mind. And, and it was all permeated with love and, and will. And it was creating all the individuated dreams in this one mind and uh, of the scene of Los Alamos. And... Um, I don't know. We, we, this is an amazing section that just uh, highlights our amazing power of mind, and to see that what we're doing it right this moment, and and to feel the will of this cause and cause and effect are one. It's all permeated by this, like our dreams at night. It's all you can't separate the mind from the dream, and. Uh, Anyway, uh, we're blessed to be given this information, and I, I think I'm, I've mentioned before how Shakespeare lamented that he had nobody to talk about in, in his prose. Uh, he had nobody to talk about that this world was a dream, and yet here we can sit and talk and, and go into a deep, deep, deep metaphysical understanding of, of what we are as mind. In, the, in our unity of mind. 
Uh, I, uh, there's a lot of highlights in here, but I'm going to just pass right now. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, that was so beautiful, Micah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Micah. Thank, Thank you, you, Micah. Micah. I think um, this is Robin Marie. I think for the reading, my favorite part was at the end where I I have 74, but I think you guys have 75, where dream softly of your sinless brother and dream of your brother's kindnesses. And I think, you know, that's going to really help me today to to just always uh, remember, you know, oh, my boss, look at how good she takes care of that baby or you know, whoever might have some jagged edges for me because I projected or because whatever in my past, to see the kindness and to really magnify that. And, you know, for the people that I live with, just magnify the beauty that the Father has given them gifts for me. And those gifts came through these people from source such an amazing way to look at at the people in our lives and our situations as well and Micah I love the way that you can just get way out there like an astronaut in space and just pull all the other things together sort of the the opposite of my spectrum and I appreciate that (laughs) thank you Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Robin Thank Marie. You. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. I love that paragraph too. Uh, This is Donna. Oh, Rumi's words got me going this morning, just right off the bat. Um, So so I get... Anyway, so I read what I write. Rumi, Rumi draws to our attention what the reading confirms. Our power maintains the world we see. The more attention we give to what we see, the more miscreation we add to that chaotic illusion. Paragraph 63 tells us to look upon the problem as it is, which means it is not there. So we turn our attention to looking through it and beyond it to let our attention turn to awakening. And the scriptures that popped in my, in my head about this beautiful, uh, these beautiful sequence of sections is uh, 1 John 4, 18 through 21. And then as I looked at the lesson, I thought, hmm, so how I see the lesson is my present state is love. 
my being is source. I am complete. Well, thanks, Donna. Donna, Thank it was you. so thoughtful and clear. Thank you, Donna. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Donna. Mm-hmm. Thank you. able to uh, this is Robin Marie again to be able to praise God to be able to thank be thankful for to God to be thankful to be full of thankfulness see your brothers and sisters as Christ which Karen and so many people have already said but it's like that's how you praise God. That that view of things um, who are with you um, to praise, to see, to be thankful for them is praising God. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful thought, Robin Marie. This is Lori, and um, I spent a lot of time with that one this morning, too. Uh, as far as love is the way I walk in gratitude. And and I turned to that lesson um, because I knew it had something I wanted this morning. And it contains this paragraph. We thank our Father for one thing alone, that we are separate from no living thing and therefore one with Him. And we rejoice no exceptions ever can be made which would reduce our wholeness nor impair or change our function to complete the one who is himself completion we give thanks for every living thing for otherwise we offer thanks for nothing and we fail to recognize the gifts of God to us gratitude goes hand in hand with love and where one is the other one must be found um, and I turn there um, because of today's lesson 293 all fear is past only love is here the lesson offers um, 
an opportunity for me to deeply reflect on what I've received. And I'm sure that's why I was directed to go to that lesson. Um, I can't think of a section that more beautifully summarizes the first 50 lessons in this Course in Miracles. So the other place I turned this morning was to a review of those lessons. Um, you know, the first 25 or so are all about how I've given everything I see, all the meaning that it has for me. And how I want to see differently because the world I see is a form of vengeance. I want to see, and, and that's exactly why I loved the Rumi poem to open this morning. Because it's an invitation for me to receive the truth of this lesson. Only love is here. Open the eyes of my inner vision. Open the eyes of my inner vision. And so I thought about it. And I, and I thought, you know, these first few paragraphs, all about I'm a victim of the world I see. And, and, and I've projected all my thoughts of separation onto the world, creating a gap between what's true and what's not true. And, um, and, and what I want to say about that is that this section is an invitation for me to look. Look at who is responsible for my state of mind. Who's responsible for my state of mind? That's why I turn to the first 50 lessons. Because they tell me that I'm responsible for my state of mind. If I believe in separation, and that's a belief um, that causes the effects of belief in sin, condemnation, blame, fear, all of those consequent uh, effects of that belief in separation, it gets really simple. Rather than the clouds of complexity, who's to blame, who's at fault, who's responsible, um, all of those effects, I'm looking at the problem as I set it up. I set it up with my belief in separation. And that belief led to blame that the fault is outside of me and I'm a victim of the world I see. But it turns out that the world is joined in our shared need to be released from condemnation. Um, read a little piece yesterday. It, it was a delightful little piece, uh, if you think about it, in terms of this problem of separation. And, and the author of it went through um, a great deal of the Old Testament and quoted all of the, all of the uh, stories 
we were told about being cast from the Garden of Eden because of the knowledge, tree of knowledge of Cain murdering Abel and the separation of tribes went all the way to the Tower of Babel in the belief that um, we can hold ideas together um, outside of ourselves. All of these, all of these stories were a consequence of the belief in separation where we projected the condemnation for that belief on God, on the world, on all other living beings. That's the world. That's the world the ego sees. But in answer to the question of who's responsible for my state of mind, I realize that it's just like a radio tower, this love of God, constantly broadcasting truth. And if I'm not in a state of reception of the truth, I will start projecting errors onto the world. But if I let my state of mind relax a moment from condemnation and separation, I can let my father tell me the truth. That's what he means when he says in paragraph 67, I am responsible for my escape from the ego. The world I see is a consequence of my need, my ego need, for evil, for that belief. It's only that belief that causes a state of mind that results in projection of all the guilt onto the world. The real world, the real world is an acceptance of a different state of mind. When I'm in receipt of all my Father wants to give, the truth of the atonement, that I'm innocent, perfect, pure, and holy as himself, that's the truth that I'll project onto the world. And no longer will I see a need for evil in the world because I've escaped from my belief in separation. It was only my projection of my unhealed mind, he says in paragraph 69. The whole problem, the whole problem was a projection of my unhealed mind. And the split mind sees the split everywhere. Atonement heals my mind. I can receive the truth now. And receiving the truth... I've escaped from that world I made, that dream world I made. The real world is a result of projecting truth from the source of truth, the source that's here forever, now and now and now and now, always loving me, always giving me the light of his own purity. And that's what he means when he says miracles are seen in light. Truth needs nothing but to radiate and be itself. And that's why this lesson, all fear is past, only love is here, is such a blessed relief from the dream of separation.
the dream of others. It's only through this means, the means of these first 50 lessons, that I come to the, to the realization that soul, you know, the soul knows that the consciousness of all its brothers is included in its own. There is no separate consciousness. There's a dream of separation. And then there's the consciousness we all share in the one mind that's constantly beaming love, innocence, purity, and joy, and peace, and extending the invitation that I release my illusions, my dreams of separation, and join in the love of all creation. The gentle dream, choose in this moment, choose in this moment, choose in this moment to see all that's given. I can't find love without you. I can't experience love without a subject to love. That's why we are God's gifts to each other. That's why we complete each other. That's why we complete God. That's how we complete God. And finally, the other lesson I turned to this morning that's so reflective of how I make this shift was lesson 186. Salvation of the world depends on me. And that beautiful lesson asks only that I accept what's been given in true humility. And when I accept what's been given, it's the joy of loving. It's not something I do. It's something that's given and given through. I become that empty vessel where only love is my well. And um, love extends itself. (laughs) It's nothing that I do at all. In fact, um, this is the self we share, you know. Um, Finally, in 73, the miracle of atonement shifts the dream shifts the dream to where I realize it's my state of mind through which truth can project a holy dream. This is my father's dream of which I'm privileged to share as it's given me I'm complete. Wow. Very beautiful, Laurie. Yeah. That was great, Laura. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for that summary. Thank you. So, so beautiful to hear truth spoken. I heard truth spoken. And it reminds me of St. Paul's words being confirmed. Let that mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus also. Thank you, Lori. I am complete. Oh, goosebumps all over. (laughs) Thank you, Donna. Patricia, I'm grateful. Go ahead, Patricia. Just the gratitude of the share and the, the this eternal flow of life that's in them. 
what was just shared about your share, Laura, and everyone's. It's just so amazing. And so the the polishing it felt like with every word you were saying, hon, was saying, oh, it's so true. See how she uses that word. And for me, there's a brand new language coming out of this. And the word fear is almost, actually, it's almost gone. It's uh, faded. It's uh, yeah, it's faded. Um, now that word simply, the minute it comes up, almost before it comes up, has transformed into the word focus. And it's very easy for the brain. And it's almost like this Christ mind says, keep it, girl, keep it. Keep things that harmonize closer to source. Fear is now the word focus and listen to Lori's story and how it's highlighted over and over again that the fear no longer has judgment in it or blame at all. It's freedom because it's a call simply to focus, refocus. So that stop. And a really quick example of it was when I was assisting a birth. And the mother is down at the end of the hall, and and she's in labor, and she's yelling very loud. And it's very painful sound. It's frightening. Well, I'm helping her daughter in the living room, who's three years old. And she's hearing her mother, and she's, she's scared, and she wants, she's crying. And I say to her quickly, oh, honey, that's your focus. Listen to her mama. She's a whale in the ocean, and she's calling out the birth, the birth of your new brother. Listen to her wailing sounds. Now, Christ did that. Christ did that to my open mind that said, fear is here as the source of the pointer. No victim, girl. Focus. And so the three-year-old started with me, and we called back to the mother, going, whoa, wow, and oh, and deep. And oh, that little three-year-old was so smiling and glowing. She was helping her mother give birth to her brother. Fear is no longer here. Simply refocus and it rejoice in everyone that you think may have that in them to see it and call it out you're refocusing girl hallelujah thank you you got a beautiful soul um, Patricia. yes that was just gorgeous thank you mm-hmm. thank you Hi, this is Diana, and I really, really like this passage because um, in families, there there could be a lot of backtracking or finger-pointing or um, 
pain or hurt or unresolved suffering that goes on, and even when it is resolved, when a, when a person is in a bad place, how they reopen that door, and um, it's it feels justified when you see a face that triggers a negative thought that separates you from the flow of the now in life. And looking at the kindnesses they did, I really liked that chapter. Um, Or if you don't have any, offering them the love that you want for yourself, tapping into the love you wish could be there, is, is always a practice. And is always, there's love and kindness how can you how can you trump that? I mean, there just isn't any way that isn't going to melt the heart or make you feel good if you're willing to be that for the person that's in pain and staying in the now and not backtracking or even adding to um, a story of any kind that can keep things going just to be neutral and to see the world that way because I feel that when we do see the face of Christ in everyone, then there is a peace that rushes through, but you have to be willing and incomplete. Thank you. Thanks, Diana. Thank you, Diana. Mm Uh, uh, Lori uh, and everyone, this is Reverend Rachel Joy, and I just I wanted to jump in and um, offer a uh, visualization that has it's so beautiful and it's helped me. So it's it, it's a way of like I mentioned before in my share to to uh, to have a different perspective and so it's not me I didn't create this I got it from I think it was Suzanne Giesman I'm not sure but anyway it's a star say it's the source this is the center of the star and say it has spokes and it goes out in uh, infinite infinite directions and then we I read your joy is at the end of one of those spokes one of those you know shooting out from the from the from the source but but as I the meditation it's actually meditation if I find it I could share it with everyone you just sort of go you meditate you go back you go in in down in down the spoke in to the source where all is one you know there is one life and that I share with God that's one of our lessons and the thing is when I'm out there separate I look over and I perhaps see other sparks but know that they have one source and you know um, I have one self um, and that I share with um, with my with everyone myself so they have one source but they look different they seem to act different but it's all 
the same source. And so it's a, it's a really beautiful meditation. Even when I, and I did it today, I, I listened to, um, uh, I thought of uh, somebody who was, I saw, I was judging. <laughs> and then I just saw that they're just an, Rajpur used to say they were an aspect of the infinitude. You, we are all aspects of the infinitude. That's all they are. They're an, I mean, that's a lot. They're an aspect of the infinitude. Um, anyway, thank you. I, thanks for letting me share. I'm done. Oh, thank you, Reverend Rita. Oh. That was beautiful. Yeah, thank you, Reverend Rita. Uh, this is Micah again. Um, thank you, Laurie, for highlighting uh, separation is the problem because when that was read, uh, Jesus mentioned separation in paragraph 60. Uh, it, it had a deep resonance for me. It says, in separation from your brother was the first attack upon yourself begun. And that's when we started to... to uh, I don't want to say that. Anyway, uh, th- anyway, that that had a strong, strong resonance. And then down the next paragraph, uh, I guess it's 67. Uh, of one thing you were sure of all the many causes you perceived as bringing pain and suffering to you, your guilt was not among them. And I have the feeling that today I'll, I'll be able to study that a lot. Because that my ego will create... Uh, you know, it's world, and I'll be predominantly, my awareness will be moving through that world because I'll tend to go, you know, not hold the focus that we have, like on this call, you know, there's more ability to, to rise into, into different laws, but as I get involved in the world, I'm going to get un, become under more and more laws and become more asleep in general, maybe not, but that happens quite a bit. And so I'll be able to study what I'm dreaming and, and what seems to be happening to me and and look at it in terms of how my guilt is bringing these things, this deep subconscious guilt, uh, how it plays out. But I just want to highlight again how, how it's our dream. Later in that same paragraph, he says... Uh, Oh, that's too many pages. There you go. Um, he says, the one who makes them does not see himself as making them, and their reality does not depend on him. Whatever cause they have is something quite apart from him, and what he sees is separate from his mind. He cannot he cannot doubt his dream's reality because he does not see the part he plays in making them and making them seem real. So I'll be able, we'll, you know, we'll be able to really study our this how the guilt of, and plays out through the ego's uh, dreaming of a world. And um, I was impressed by this other passage too about as we start to dream with the Holy Spirit and with uh, Christ. Here's another line 
because uh, it, it's beautiful because we have to do less and less this feeling of a me um, uh, is, is is growing more and more transparent so that the Christ can sit on the altar inside and not that individuation goes away it 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 is repurposed as an expression of unity it's very uh, it has a lightness to it and the transparency. But it says, Today we will embark upon a course you have not dreamed of. But the Holy One, the giver of the happy dreams of life. Isn't that wonderful? But the Holy One, the giver of the happy dreams of life, translator of perception into truth, the holy guide to heaven given you, has dreamed for you this journey which you make and start today. Isn't that beautiful? With the experience this day holds out to you to be your own. As we align more and more with this other mind dreaming, this holy mind of Christ and, and Holy Spirit, um, and move away from the dreams of the ego, uh, and our, the alarms will go off real quick when we're dreaming with the ego. It, it's not long before uh, something, you know, some of the alligators biting us. And uh, anyhow, uh, th- another another part that stood out. I'll try to be brief here. Um, let's see. The, the dream. This is in paragraph seventy-one, I believe. Um, the dreaming of the world is but a part of your own dream you gave away and saw as if it were uh, as if it were it's wait hold on a minute strange angle uh, they are one the dreaming of the world is but a part of your own dream you gave away and saw as if it were its start and ending both yet was it started by your secret dream which you do not perceive although it caused the part you see and do not doubt its reality. And that part there, your secret dream, you know, that, that's in that separation. We started to dream a separate dream under different laws. And now we're moving into dreaming with the Holy Spirit, whose vision is very different. Christ's vision it is very different. And um, it's not going to be a secret dream. Uh, it was always the ego that doesn't have its hands on the on the steering wheel. But um, anyhow, I think uh, that that's it. Um, are you? Oh, that was just a very beautiful uh, compilation. I'm gonna call it, Micah. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Micah. That was great. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. It it made me, um, it was very nice, and it it made me feel like, here's what happens. When I I stop seeing myself as a body and more as a state of mind, I'm able to share that liberation uh, with the world. And... um, and your share combined with Reverend Regis this morning led me to this place for closing. 
since I'm responsible for my state of mind. It's lesson 189. I feel the love of God within me now. There is a light in you that the world cannot perceive, and with its eyes you will not see this light, for you are blinded by the world. Yet, you have eyes to see it. It is there for you to look upon. It was placed in you to be kept... It was not placed in you to be kept hidden from your sight. This light is a reflection of the thought we practice now. To feel the love of God within you is to see the world anew, shining in innocence, alive with hope, and blessed with perfect charity and love. Who could feel fear in such a world as this? It welcomes you, rejoices that you came, and sings your praises as it keeps you safe from every form of danger and of pain. It offers you a warm and gentle home in which to stay a while. It blesses you throughout the day and watches through the night as silent guardian of your holy sleep. It sees salvation in you and protects the light in you in which it sees its own. It offers you its flowers and its snow in thankfulness for your benevolence. This is the world the love of God reveals. And so, Father, we do not know the way to you, but we have called and you have answered us. We will not interfere. Salvation's ways are not our own, for they belong to you, and it is unto you we look for them. Our hands are open to receive your gifts. We have no thoughts we think apart from you and cherish no beliefs of what we are or who created us. Yours is the way that we would find and follow and we ask but that your will, which is our own as well, be done in us and in the world that it become a part of heaven now. Amen. Thank you this morning for all your beautiful shares, for reading, and even just for dialing up and joining us, whether you listen now or listen to a recording later. Um, we need each other to dream the dream of a forgiven world. So I'm grateful. Me too. Thank, Thank you, you, Lori. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Lori. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.